0: Yes, praise be to God. I hope you're safe. I hope the Lord has kept you safe and sound. This is a day that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. Thank you for joining us for our study of the Bible. Here, we study the Bible. We aim to study from the book of Genesis to Revelation. By the grace of God, we've been able to do 23 books of the Bible. If you've not been able to listen to the podcast we've done straight from the book of Genesis, I ask you to please find them. On our app, that's Bible In Depth Network. All you can also be able to find them on all podcast platforms. That is Spotify, Stitcher, these are Apple Podcast, Podbin, name it. You'll be able to find them there. And the Lord shall speak to you as you listen, because there is no limitation to revelation. God reveals His word to everybody. He reveals it to the preacher. He reveals it to you. He reveals it to everyone who has the need. If you have the Holy Spirit within you, God can reveal his word to you. And uh, that is what we believe here. And we trust that there is a new message for you because the word of the Lord is new every morning. Each and every day, there's something new. You can read scripture today and God speaks to you a certain way for a certain circumstance. And you read it the next week And it speaks to you a certain way for a given situation that you're going through. So there is no limitation. God shall reveal his word to you. We are handling the book of Jeremiah. And uh, we've done 23 books so far. I want us to continue with 23 chapters, rather. And I want us to continue with chapter 24 of the book of Jeremiah. And it's just by saying, after Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, had carried away captive Jeconiah, the son of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, and the officials of Judah, with the craftsmen and smiths from Jerusalem, and had brought them to Babylon, the Lord showed me, behold, of course, he's showing Jeremiah here. And uh, they've already, the start here that they're talking about here of captivity of Judah, starting with the king's. Has taken place, and what does God show him? He says, Behold, two baskets of figs set before the temple of the Lord. One basket had very good figs, like first ripe figs, and the other basket had very bad figs, which could not be eaten due to rottenness. Then the Lord said to me, What do you see, Jeremiah? And I said, Figs. The good figs, very good, and the bad figs, very bad which cannot be eaten due to rottenness. He speaks what he sees. Hmm? Then the word of the Lord came to me saying, thus says the Lord God of Israel, like these good figs, so I'll regard as good the captives of Judah, whom I have sent out of this place into the land of the Chaldeans. Of course, they're talking about those that have gone into captivity, into the authority or territory of Nebuchadnezzar. For I'll set my eyes on them for good, And I'll bring them again to this land and I'll build them up and not overthrow them and I'll plant them and not pluck them. I'll give them a heart to know me for I am the Lord and they'll be my people and I'll be their God and they will return to me with their whole heart. God is saying, yes, you've gone as captives. Yes, they've taken you. Yes, you are not people who were following me at the time you let go of me, of my precepts, of my conditions that I had given you. But those that have gone to captivity, don't worry. A time shall come, I'll bring you back, I'll give you a heart, yeah? To know me, to understand me. Hebrews chapter eight verse ten says, For this is the covenant that I'll make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord, I will put my laws into their mind and write them in their hearts and I'll be to them a God and they shall be to me a people. And that's a reference given here to tell you that God once again speaks of his interest for the people of Israel. Remember, this is a message he has told them before, telling them that you will be my people, I'll be your God. And after all the trouble that they went through together in their relationship, there was judgment that came upon them to be taken into captivity. But then he says, the time will come and you'll come back. And you will be, my people, I'll be your God. Those of you who have gone. But verse 8 he speaks about, but like, he's giving reference now to the second part of the vision that uh, Jeremiah is, has seen of the bad figs. He says, but like the bad figs which cannot be eaten due to rottenness indeed. Thus says the Lord so will I will abandon Zedekiah king of Judah and his officials and the remnant of Jerusalem who remain in this land and the ones who dwell in the land of Egypt. What happens? Some have gone and uh, been taken by Nebuchadnezzar, taken captive, going to the land of the Chaldeans. And then there are those who say oh, we shall remain here. doesn't matter. When the invasion is happening, Some will hide, some will do all tricks to stay there, and some even run off to Egypt. He says those are the bad figs. Yes, judgment has come, and they have to face it. If it's to go out out there and uh, be under the control of Nebuchadnezzar, that's what God has said. Now he's saying for those who have not gone, including the king Zedekiah, those who decide to stay and dwell in this land, he says, I'll make them a terror and an evil for all the kingdoms of the earth as a reproach and a proverb, a taunt and a curse in all places where I will scatter them. I will send the sword, the famine, and the pestilence upon them until they are destroyed from the land which I gave to them. And therefore, Father, saying, Those who have remained here, wait for your doom. Wait for your destruction. Wait for famine. Wait for pestilence. That's a message he's giving to them. Now the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah concerning all the people of Judah in the fourth year of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah. And here, this was the first year of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon. This is when the word of the Lord came to him, which Jeremiah the prophet spoke to all the people of Judah and to all the inhabitants of Jerusalem, saying, From the 13th year of Josiah, the son of Ammon, king of Judah, even to this day, these 23 years, the word of the Lord has come to me and I've spoken to you again and again but you have not listened he has spoken to them but they have not listened how many times does god speak to us again and again and we don't listen yeah you and i in this world today this is not just reference to the people of the past no even to us today how often does god speak to us and we do not listen and because they've not and the lord has sent to you all his servants and the prophets again and again. But you have not listened, nor inclined your ear to hear. Sing, turn now everyone from his evil way, and from the evil of your deeds, and dwell on the land which the Lord has given to you and your forefathers forever and ever, and do not go after other gods to serve them and to worship them. And do not provoke me to anger with the work of your hands, and I will do you no harm. Yet, You have not listened, declares the Lord. And why? In order that you might provoke me to anger with the work of your hands to your own harm. Of course, this is a characteristic of Israel during the time of the kings. And uh, it's a season where we see Israel refusing to obey the Lord. They refuse to obey the law. They refuse to do that which he has warned them about and told them to do. Told them not to do. They decide to do that. They worship other gods. Yeah? The works of their hands. And here they say, you provoke me to anger with the work of your hands to your own harm. What they are doing with their hands is meant to destroy them. When you go and do evil, that is going to destroy you. When you set up your own destruction. When you start relationships that you know, these are the ones that are going to bring me down. When you start connections that you know, they're un- uh, ungodly and they're the ones that are going to bring your own harm. And God here is saying, you've started relations with other gods. You've started worshipping other gods. That's what you decided to do as Israel, and that's bringing you to your own harm. Therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, because you have not obeyed my words, what is he going to do? Behold, I will send and take all the families of the north, declares the Lord. And I will send to Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, my servant. Now, Nebuchadnezzar here is called my servant. God is speaking as if saying my servant. But that is something we understand from how God operates, that those who are going to carry out his will, is carrying out the will of the captivity of Israel. So he's serving in that particular role. He's coming out to serve for the will of captivity. So he's referred to as my servant, not because Nebuchadnezzar was worshiping God. No, it is, he is coming and being used at that moment, like we saw even for Cyrus, who worked for the return of Israel to Jerusalem to even start the processes of building the temple, rebuilding the temple after it had been destroyed. Him also being regarded as a servant but they are carrying out the work of God for a given purpose at a given time. So they are serving for that will that God wants to be done. So he says, I will send to Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, my servant, and will bring them against this land and against its inhabitants and against all these nations round about, and will utterly destroy them and make them a horror and a hissing and an everlasting desolation. Moreover, I will take from them the voice of joy and the voice of gladness, the voice of the bridegroom and the voice of the bride, the sound of millstones and the light of the lamp. This whole land will be a desolation and a horror, and these nations will serve the king of Babylon 70 years. They've been given the season or the time or the period in which they shall be taken captivity, in which they shall do the work of, that Nebuchadnezzar states when he orders they will do that because a period has been spoken for them. For 70 years they shall be under this captivity. Then it will be when the 70 years are completed I will punish the king of Babylon and that nation declares the Lord for their iniquity and the land of the Chaldeans and I will make it an everlasting desolation. Now it's not that Nebuchadnezzar and Babylon has been given control over Israel because they are the holiest. They have their iniquities, they have their troubles, but God chose them at that time to take Israel captive. and he says, after the seven years are done, their glory will end. These were a superpower at this point, yeah, there was a nation that was running affairs worldwide. So even after that time, because of their life also, that they don't follow God. They do things that are to add to it. They are the ones who are punishing God's people, Israel, though they are under captivity. They will also be brought to desolation. And he says in verse 13, I will bring upon that land all my words which I have pronounced against it. All that is written in this book which Jeremiah has prophesied against all the nations, For many nations and great kings will make slaves of them, even them, and I will recompense them according to their deeds and according to the work of their hands. For thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, he says to me, take this cup of the wine of my wrath from my hand and cause all the nations to whom I send you to drink it. They will drink and stagger and go mad because of the sword that I will send among them. Then I took the cup from the Lord's hand and made all the nations to whom the Lord sent me drink it, Jerusalem and the cities of Judah and its kings and its princes to make a ruin, to make them a ruin, a horror, a a hissing and a curse as it is this day. Pharaoh, king of Egypt, his servants, his princes and all his people and all the foreign people and all the kings of the land of Uz and all the kings of the land of the Philistines is giving them all, yeah, they they are partaking of this cup that is going to cause them to stagger, yeah? Even Ashkelon, Gaza, Ekron, and the remnant of Ashdod, Edom, Moab, and the sons of Ammon, and all the kings of Tyre, and all the kings of Sidon, and the kings of the coastlands, which are beyond the sea, and Didan, Temer, Baz, and all who cut the corners of their hair, and all the kings of Arabia, and all the kings of the foreign people who dwell in the Desert and all the kings of Zimri and all the kings of Elam, all the kings of Midia, all the kings of the north near and far, and is going on to tell them that this is coming to their destruction because there are things they've done that don't please God, and God is coming out to tell them, You are going to suffer my wrath. This is being done in action, of course, it may not imply that um, jeremiah was out there giving everyone to drink of it but it's a message that he was sending to them and telling them that god is instructing you god is telling you of what is coming to you destruction that is coming to all the nations so all the nations shall drink you shall say to them thus says the lord of hosts the god of israel drink be drunk vomit Fall and rise no more because of the sword which I will send among you. And it will be if they refuse to take the cup from your hand to drink, then you will say to them, Thus says the Lord of hosts, you shall surely drink. For behold, I am beginning to work calamity in this city, which is called by my name, and you shall be completely free from punishment. You will not be free from punishment, for I am summoning a sword against all the inhabitants of the earth, declares the Lord of hosts. It's like judgment. Here that is being spoken of is going out to the entire earth. All that dwell on the earth because what have they done? They have gone against the Lord. And it says, therefore, you shall prophesy against them all these words and you shall say to them, the Lord will roar from on high and utter his voice from his holy habitation. He will roar mightily against his fold. He will shout like those who tread the grips against all the inhabitants of the earth a clamor has come to the end of the earth because the Lord has a controversy with the nations. God is not happy with the nations of the earth. And he says here, he's entering into judgment with all flesh. Judgment with all flesh. This is um, something that is scary. But he's saying, he's entering judgment with all flesh as for the wicked. He has given them to the sword, declares the Lord. Thus says the Lord, Behold, evil is going forth from nation to nation, and a great storm is being stirred up from the remotest part of the earth. Those slain by the Lord on that day will be from one end of the earth to another. They will not be lamented, gathered, all buried. They will be like dung on the face of the ground. Wail, you shepherds, and cry, and wallow in the ashes, you masters of the flock, for the days of your slaughter and your dispersions have come. And you fall like a choice vessel. Flight will perish from the shepherds and escape from the masters of the flock. Hear the sound of the cry of the shepherds and the wailing of the masters of the flock for the Lord is destroying their pasture. And the peaceful folds are made silent because of the fierce anger of the Lord. He has left his hiding place like the lion. For the land has become of horror because of the fierceness of the oppressing sword and because of fierce anger. God He's speaking to Jeremiah here about judgment coming to the earth. Of course, when we don't follow God, we are prone to judgment. When we don't walk with the Lord, we are prone to judgment. When we don't stand for the Lord, we are prone to judgment. And that is a message that goes out to the entire earth. Judgment is coming soon. And those who do not follow, who don't subscribe, who don't give their life to Jesus to take full charge and control. Judgment is looming. Just like that which is spoken of here through Jeremiah. And it will pass through the whole earth, every section of the earth, those that have not taken Jesus as their Lord and Savior and walked with him. Because it's one thing to say that prayer, the salvation prayer, It's another to walk that life. And uh, it's unfortunate in the world today as Christians, we've taken it simple and normal. That it's just a simple prayer you say. And after you've said it, go on and live your old life. Go on and do what you used to do. That's not the case. You have to live a life that honors God. If you're to escape this judgment, that is to come. These people of Israel knew God. They knew he existed, but they were not walking with him. They knew about, they read the books. They knew of a God who helped themselves, brought them out of captivity, but they were not walking with him. They kept on doing other things, worshiping other gods, doing, building small gods, oppressing the poor, shedding innocent blood. They did all that in the knowledge of God. So when the prayer is said that brings you into that Family of Christ, that salvation prayer you make when you're called up to the altar, there is a life you live after that. And that life matters greatly. Because what you say with your mouth has to be followed with how you act moving forward. So judgment has been proclaimed against the whole earth as Jeremiah speaks there. Chapter 26, in the beginning of the reign of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, the king of Judah. This word came from the Lord saying, thus says the Lord, stand in the court of the Lord's house and speak to all the cities of Judah who have come to worship in the Lord's house all the words that have commanded you to speak to them. Do not omit a word. He is telling Jeremiah on their worship day, stand where they can all hear. And speak these words. And he's saying, do not omit a word. Every single word I'm giving you, you will have to say it. Perhaps they will listen and everyone will turn from his evil way. That I may repent of the calamity which I'm planning to do to them. Because of the evil of their deeds. God is saying, I still have a, a room to forgive. Room to help them. Room to save them from the captivity that is coming. Now go and stand and say these words. Perhaps they can change. They live that evil life and change, and probably that evil shall not come upon them. He's a God who is gracious, even from the days of Israel. He is a God of second chances. He's a God who gives opportunity. How many times has God spoken to us, telling us, change. And you're out there in your Sunday service and the preacher comes up and speaks about your exact life and says, change, God is giving you another opportunity. It's the same thing here. And he's saying, perhaps so, will change from their evil deeds. And you'll say to them, thus says the Lord, if you will listen to me to walk in my law, which I have set before you, to listen to the words of my servants, the prophets, whom I'm whom I have been sending to you again and again, but you've not listened. Then I'll make this house like Shiloh. And this city, I'll make a curse to all the nations of the earth. Now he comes out and says, if you don't watch out, you're going to face the trouble Shiloh, face destruction. What happens after he has spoken this? The priests and the prophets and all the people heard Jeremiah speaking these words in the house of the Lord. When Jeremiah finished speaking all oh, that the Lord had commanded him to speak to all the people, the priests and the prophets and all the people seized him. Jeremiah has come and told them what God is saying and how he wishes the best for them and how He is considering that if they change, then he can take away the judgment. When he has spoken all these things, and given, him the, given them the consequences of not listening to God, what do they do? They seize him, and what do they say? You must die. There's a roar going on at that place. The people are angry. The kings are angry. The priests are angry. The prophets, of course, he's a prophet. There are other prophets who are false. We looked at that earlier. And they are shouting, he must die. Jeremiah must die. That is what they are saying. How can he say such a thing? They are saying in verse 9 here, Why have you prophesied in the name of the Lord, saying, This house will be like Shiloh, and this city will be desolate without inhabitant? And all the people gathered about about Jeremiah in the house of the Lord. When the officials of Judah heard these things, they came up from the king's house to the house of the Lord and sat in the entrance of the new gate of the Lord's house. Then the priests and the prophets spoke to the officials and to all the people, saying, a death sentence for this man, for he has prophesied against his city as you have heard in your hearing. Then Jeremiah spoke to all the officials and all the people saying, The Lord sent me to prophesy against his house and against his city all the words that you've heard. Remember, he said, Do not omit. And Jeremiah has done just that. He has not omitted a word. And he says, Therefore, amend your ways and your deeds and obey the voice of the Lord. And the Lord will change his mind about the misfortune that he has pronounced against you. Just change for the better. People are being told to do good, but they are angry about being told to do good. People are being warned about judgment that is to come, but they are angry about the judgment that is being told them. That if you don't change, trouble is coming. So he's saying, amend. Amend. But as for me, behold, he says, I'm in your hands. Do with me as is good in your right sight. He's saying, if you want to kill me as Jeremiah, kill me. If you want to take my life, take it. Only know for certain that if you put me to death, you will bring innocent blood on yourselves and on this city and on its inhabitants. For truly the Lord has sent me to you to speak all these words in your hearing. He's saying, if you want to kill me, do so, but I've done my job. Now the officials and the people say to the priests and the prophets, no, there's no death sentence for this man. After he has said, they say, okay, we will not kill him. For he has spoken to us in the name of the Lord. Then some of the elders of the land rose up and spoke to all the assembly of the people saying, Micah of Moresheth prophesied in the days of Ezekiah, king of Judah. And he spoke To all the people of Judah, saying, "Thus says the Lord of hosts." They're talking about Maker here, and uh, one of the prophets that we read of here. Of course, now this shows you that the order in which the books are assembled does not necessarily mean those are how the events happen. Because that book will come after the Book of Jeremiah, where this prophet Maker is speaking, but it is not. From what we read here, the people are speaking about him wh- while they want to kill Jeremiah, yet he is already gone, because they are giving reference to him, yeah, and they are saying Zion, the word that he said, yeah, he said, Zion will be ploughed as a field, and Jerusalem will become ruins, and the mountain of the house as the high places of forest, did Hezekiah, king of Judah, and all Judah, put him to death, Did he not fear the Lord and entreat? the favor of the Lord, and the Lord changed his mind about the misfortune which he had pronounced against them, yeah? So they are giving reference. It's like some have, some people have come back to their senses and they say, we can't kill this man. Let's get reference from what happened in the past with that prophet, yeah? And saying, but we are committing a great evil against ourselves. Indeed, there is also a man who prophesied in the name of the Lord, Uriah, the son of Shemaiah from Kiriath-Jerim, And he prophesied against this city and against this land words similar to all those of Jeremiah. They are now giving references of prophets that have spoken before. And they're saying, When King Jehoiakim and all his mighty men and all the officials had his words, then the king sought to put him to death. But Uriah had it and he was afraid and fled and went to Egypt. Then King Jehoiakim sent men to Egypt. Elthan the son of Archer, and certain men with him, they went into Egypt. They brought Uriah from Egypt and led him to King Jehoiakim, who slew him with a sword and cast his dead body into a burial place of the common people. But the hand of Ahikam, the son of Shephan, was with Jeremiah, so that he was not given into the hands of the people to put him to death. Of course, they've given reference here of the other prophets that existed and how they were treated badly, And because of that, there was judgment. This is one of the ways that Jeremiah is spared. This is one of the ways that God uses because he speaks through people. You know, in the turmoil and in the event that people have lost their cool, there are those who remain calm, collected, have analyzed the words of Jeremiah and have looked into the books of the past. They've heard that Mecca, spoke about this and they were saved. Uriah also spoke about it, though for him, he was killed for these words. But these people sit and analyze and say, no, we cannot make an error to see Jeremiah die because these are words from the Lord which we have to put into considerations and change. Because if we change, then probably the Lord shall forgive us and forgive our sins. And we shall not be under judgment. So that's how Jeremiah's life is spared. By these men who came out. To stop this entire group. From killing Jeremiah. Jeremiah has spoken. Jeremiah has given the message from the Lord. He has not omitted the word. And there are words that have been spoken to us. From the Lord. There is no omission. They are clear. They say change your life, transform, live that life of the world and walk with me. And if you do that, whatever judgment is to come, that will see those who are evil, it shall not touch you. Because I will watch over you. If you change, and that's a word to us today, that when God speaks and says I'm giving you another opportunity, take it. If God speaks and says, I'm giving you another chance, take it. And that's the word today. Take another chance that has been given to you. Accept Jesus and walk with him. If you had fallen, get back in touch and walk with him. It's another opportunity by the grace of the Lord. A time comes when the grace runs out. But to you today, this is your time to partake of that grace. May we pray. Father, we thank you for your word, for your mercy, for your favor. And we ask you to help us and do a good work in us that we may walk with you and honor you all the days of our lives. We exhort you. We give you glory and honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.